So I remember when I was third or fourth grade-ish, I uh, had a rare occasion where I was by myself in a room in my parents' house. Now, I come from a family of nine children, so it's not often that that happens. And I was trying to figure out, well, what should I do next? And I had two different thoughts come to mind. One was to do something good, and one was to do something that my parents wouldn't be happy about. And the reality of that freedom, that I could do one or I could do the other, just kind of struck me. So much so that I forgot what those two things were. But the fact that I could choose, and I really could do either one, was amazing to me. Then I thought, well, this freedom actually comes with, with consequences, whether they're good consequences or bad consequences, that I actually have some control over my own future, that my choices will affect what will happen to me. It amazed me. It astounded me. But not only with regards to the things of this world, but I also, at that moment, realized the same is true for eternity. That my choices will make a difference as to what will happen to me for all eternity. If I choose to do good and follow the Lord and stay close to Him, then I can look forward to the reward of heaven. I can look forward to receiving that gift in its fullness of union with God for all eternity. Or I could choose a different path. I could choose to focus on other things. I could choose false gods. I could choose all sorts of sins. And that, too, would have an effect on my eternal destination. And as a a boy, coming to this reality was just overwhelming. And I remember praying to the Lord, how can you give me this responsibility? I'm just a boy. And then a thought came to me. Just do what you know is good. And I got a lot of comfort from that. Now, that being said, I'm not like super holy. I still fell away from the faith and was gone for about 10 years. Obviously, I came back. But just the reality of that moment of recognizing the freedom that I had amazed me. But this concept of freedom is something that we can see in our gospel passage and in our first reading. Jesus comes And one of his first things that he says is repent and believe in the gospel. Well, why would that matter? Why would he say that? Unless we would have to actually choose to act upon it. Some people did and became his followers. Some people didn't. This concept of freedom and repentance we see in our first reading as well. When God calls the prophet Jonah to preach to the city of Nineveh, to tell them to repent. He doesn't say it directly, but why else would God send him? That city and the people in that city had sinned so bad that they deserved to have their entire city destroyed. Now, if God really wanted the entire city destroyed, he would just do it. But instead, he sends Jonah to tell them, 40 days more and the city will be destroyed. Why would God send him to do that unless he wanted them to repent, to change their ways, to exercise their freedom, to redirect their lives? And they did. 
They took him seriously. They did repent. They did change their ways. And God then did not destroy the city. He saw that they were sincere, and he gave them the mercy he wanted to give them before. His goal of sending Jonah to get them to repent was successful. But following Jesus and pursuing this goal of heaven is requiring more of us than we might think. When we think of disciples, recognize how these fishermen, Simon, Andrew, James, John, they gave up their careers to follow Jesus. They were no longer fishermen. To be a disciple in the time of Christ meant that you would live with the person you're learning from. That they would be following him wherever he went. They would be with him wherever he preached. They would be sharing their lives with him. And so, if we want to be disciples of Christ, it's not just a matter of showing up every now and then. It's a matter of sharing your life with him. It's a matter of true relationship with the Lord. That's actually the purpose of our life here on earth, to be in relationship with God now so that we can be in relationship with God forever in heaven. And so, what does that relationship look like in your own life? Jesus wants to be our best friend. Is that our desire too? Do we want to have him as our own best friend? Do we want to be that close to him that we would share with him everything going on in our lives? Now, unlike the disciples, we don't have to give up our careers. Well, unless the Lord asks, asks us to. I mean, it happened to me. But for most people, that's not the case. But he does want us to follow him. He does want us to have that close relationship. He does want to be our best friend. He does want us to share our life with him. Our Lord wants us to be that close. He loves us so much that he not only became human and gave up his life on the cross, but he continues to give of himself to us. He wants us to be with him. Not just in heaven, but even now here on earth. That closeness comes from the sacraments. It comes from daily prayer. It comes from that sharing of ourselves with the Lord. Surrendering to him, following his will, living out the commandments, but also listening. A lot of times when we think of prayer, we think of us talking to God, but it's, it goes both ways. God wants to talk to us. Sure, we can talk to God from our hearts. We can say the words that the church gave us, but how often do we try to listen, and how do we listen to the Lord? One of the ways we can listen to the Lord is by, by reading by listening to sacred scripture, seeing what God may want to say to us. As we read sacred scripture or as we listen to it at Mass, to pay attention. Is there a word? Is there a phrase? Is there something that God is trying to say particularly to you personally? And a lot of times the answer is yes, but a lot of times we're not really paying attention. We're not really listening. And so we miss whatever it is that God wanted to say. But we can pray with Scripture anytime we want. And we can learn, we can develop that skill to listen to God. 
so that our relationship with him can be strong. But he gives himself to us completely, not only through sacred scripture, but especially in the Eucharist. Body, blood, soul, and divinity. He wants to intimately be united with us, even in a physical way. So let us reflect upon the freedom that we have, the freedom to respond to this love that God has for us, to love him in return, to desire that intimate friendship that he wants. Or do we exercise our freedom in a different way? Sometimes we're somewhere in between. We're giving ourselves to the Lord in some ways, but not in others. In what ways in our own lives do we need to repent of how we've pushed the Lord away? In what ways in our lives do we need to draw closer to the Lord? Let us reflect upon these things as we prepare to meet him in the most Holy Eucharist.